0: Hey, this is Nate Clark, and I'm the pastor of Oasis Church in Richmond, Virginia. Thank you so much for checking out our podcast. Our hope is that you're encouraged and challenged by God's Word. Here's today's message. Exodus chapter number 13 is what we're going to read today. Exodus chapter number 13. Uh, Moses is a guy that was used by God to free the nation of Israel, God's people, out of bondage, out of captivity, out of slavery in Egypt. And they're getting ready to be freed. And Moses is talking to God's people. Here's what he says in Exodus 13, starting in verse number three. It says, Moses said to the people, Commemorate this day, the day that you came out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, because the Lord brought you out of it with a mighty hand. Isn't that good? God's bringing them out and he says uh, eat nothing containing yeast today in the month of Aviv you are living when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and the Termites <laughs> just kidding it's not in there the land he swore to your ancestors to give you a land flowing with milk and honey you're to observe this ceremony in this month for seven days eat bread made without yeast and on the seventh a day or on, on the seventh day hold a festival to the Lord eat the unleavened bread during those seven days nothing with yeast in it is to be seen among you nor shall yeast be anywhere within your borders on that day tell your sons. so he's like when you're commemorating this day during this festival and and your kids are asking you hey why are we doing this what's going on and why are we uh, not eating uh, yeast in our bread why are we remembering what is this holiday for he says tell your sons this I do this because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. Like, hey, I was once in bondage, but now God has freed me, so we're doing this to remember. This observance will be for you like a sign on your hand and a reminder on your forehead that this law of the Lord is to be on your lips. For the Lord brought you out of Egypt with his mighty hands. You must keep this ordinance at the appointed time, year after year. Now I wanna skip forward to the book of Galatians. Galatians in the New Testament there's one verse I want to read for us Galatians chapter number five verse number one it says this it is for freedom somebody say freedom it's for freedom that Christ has set us free stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery father thank you for your word today and Lord I pray today like I do every week that you would do what I cannot do And that is, take your word and change our hearts and change our lives. Lord, you know every person here in this room. You know their name and you know their story. And Lord, I pray that you would take your word today. God, help me to communicate it in a clear way so that you can speak to our hearts and do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Hey, say hey to a few people before you take a seat this morning. Meet somebody you don't know. Tell them it's good to see them even on a rainy Sunday. Good morning. good morning, How are we this morning good man it's So great to see you guys in church this morning if we haven 't got a chance to meet i 'm Nate and I have the honor of pastoring here at oasis and uh, we love what God is doing here in this city. We love what God is doing here in this church family in this church community. Today is our seventh sunday ever we 're a brand new church it 's our seventh Sunday seven is the number of completion and perfection so hashtag we made it <laughs> number seven yeah, the seventh sunday so we're uh, we're excited about all that god is doing uh here in the city and uh we've got an exciting uh day here today but next sunday in particular i'm just amped about i'm excited i'm pumped up i'm red bull ready to go for next sunday next sunday is our very first ever baptism sunday come on somebody put your hands together for baptism sunday We've got right now, uh, I believe it's 19 people that are signed up to get water baptized next Sunday, and so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an amazing day. We're going to celebrate these people taking a public stand for their faith. Baptism doesn't save you. Baptism does not forgive you of your sins. It's an outward expression of an inward decision you've made in your life to follow Jesus, and so there's 19 people next week that are going to publicly declare to our whole community and to the world, I'm following Jesus. And I'm I'm living for Jesus. And so it's going to be an amazing day. We're going to celebrate. It's going to be a party. Make sure you're here. And also next Sunday in Oasis Kids, just down the hall, they are having Superhero Sunday. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all are like, I ain't listening to you next week. I'm going over there. They're, uh, they're super pumped. Oasis Kids is fantastic. And for those of you that have ones over there right now, you know they come out of there pumped up every single week. And so they've been talking about courage and bravery this month in Oasis Kids, and they're celebrating next week by uh, Superhero Sunday. So bring the whole family out. It's gonna be a, a really fun day next Sunday as we celebrate baptisms and the kids do their thing down the hall in Oasis Kids. And uh, we're, we're continuing today a collection of talks that we've entitled Billboards. Billboards. And the whole premise of this collection of talks that we've been in for the third week now and we'll continue the next several weeks is this idea that the, the, the story of God, the scriptures, it's, it's not my story, and it's not your story. It's not about me, and it's not about you, but it's about God. Yeah. It's God's story. And, and all throughout the scriptures, particularly even in the Old Testament, thousands of years before Jesus came on the scene, thousands of years before Jesus was born, across different cultures, written by different authors, written in different contexts, there's, there's all these different stories, all these different books, and they're all saying the same thing. They're all pointing, the entirety of the scriptures, the Old Testament, they're all pointing towards the same thing, the same person, and they're pointing towards Jesus. And so this series, Billboards, is about the fact that all throughout the scriptures, there are billboards telling us of something that's to come. A billboard by itself is not significant. A billboard by itself uh, cannot feed you food. It's a billboard about food that directs you to the place to actually get the food. You with me? The billboard is pointing you towards something that's ahead. And all throughout the scriptures, the Old Testament, we see there's billboards pointing us towards the person of Jesus. And last week, we looked at the billboard of Joseph. Joseph was a character in the book of Genesis and Joseph was rejected and abandoned by his own family but God raised him up to a place of power and prominence and Joseph um, with all authority and power given to him instead of uh, getting back at his brothers and his family he forgave them he restored them and redeemed them and we talked about how Joseph is a picture of Jesus that although we rejected him and although we've sinned and fallen short Jesus with all power and all authority extended grace and love to those who hurt him and we talked about about how Jesus is a greater picture of Joseph this week what we're going to do is we're going to look at the story of Exodus we're going to look at the book of Exodus and the person of Moses and talk about how Exodus and Moses are billboards it's pointing us towards Jesus in fact I'll just give it to you right up here at the very front the whole premise and point of this is that Jesus is the greater Moses Jesus is the greater Moses Moses is a billboard pointing us Towards the person of Jesus, I love the book of Exodus. It's 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 an insane book. There's so much action in it. So so many different layers to what's going on and what God is doing. If you haven't read through the book of Exodus again, I want to encourage you to read through it. But the word Exodus it means exit or or to get out of. And so the premise of the 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 whole book of Exodus, what it's about, is God's people, the nation of Israel. They're in slavery to Egypt, they're under captivity, they're in bondage to Pharaoh and have been in captivity for 400 years. Okay, So God's chosen people, the ones that are supposed to inherit the promised land, the ones that are chosen by God are in captivity for 400 years. Talk about a period of waiting from when you heard a promise of God to when you get it, right? And so they're in captivity, they're working in Egypt under Pharaoh, and God raises up a man named Moses. God calls out a guy named Moses who had quite a story. Moses was a murderer, Moses was a runaway um, criminal, but God calls him to go back to Egypt and to stand before Pharaoh, the most powerful man in all the land, and demand that his people go. Let my people go. If you grew up in church, you might have sang that song, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, Oh, baby, let my people go. Come on. You got it. You got it. Some of y'all don't grow up in church. You're like, y'all crazy. What are you doing? (laughs) Moses goes before Pharaoh and demands that God, or he demands that Pharaoh let the people go, and Moses says no, and, and there's signs and wonders that God puts on. There, there's the ten plagues, and it, it's, it's an extensive story of God using Moses to set his people free. And Pharaoh finally decides to let them go, and they come upon a, a body of water known as the Red Sea, and God parts the Red Sea so that God's people can walk through the Red Sea on dry ground. And when Pharaoh and the army are coming after them to get them, God closes the waters and kills Pharaoh and the army and rescues his people, and his people are set free, and his people are now headed towards the promised land. It's, it's a story of bondage and freedom. It's a story of deliverance. It's, it's an exodus of God's people, and there's so many ways that this exodus, that this story that Moses points us towards Jesus, but for time's sake today, I want to give us three different ways that Moses is a billboard towards the person of Jesus and talk about how it applies to my life and your life. Are you ready? Are you taking notes today? Are you taking notes today? Note takers are world changers. Come on, somebody. Take some notes in Jesus' name. Number one is this. Like Moses, Jesus leads us out of bondage. Just like Moses, Jesus leads us out of bondage. The people of Israel They were in bondage. They could do nothing to free themselves. They had no choices in life. They had no options. They were in bondage to Pharaoh. They were in captivity to Pharaoh. And just as they were in captivity to Pharaoh, the scriptures describe me and you just like that are captives to sin. On my own and on your own without Christ, the Bible would describe us as slaves to sin. As in we can't do anything about it on our own. You, you can't declare your own freedom. You can't fight for your own freedom. You can't white-knuckle your own freedom. You are a captive to sin, just like the people in Israel were captive to Pharaoh. You, you, you can't live in freedom apart from Christ, and I'm fully convinced of this. You, you cannot live a free life apart from freedom in Christ. You may be able to do some good things, but you're still in bondage, and I'll show you what I mean. Because there's people that will say, hey, like I'm, I'm not a Christian, I don't believe in Jesus, but I still do good things. I, 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 can, I, can, I can live free, I can do free things. H- how am I a slave to sin? Because when you're a slave to sin, all you can do is sin, you have no options. You don't have, there's no plan B, all, you're just a slave to sin, that's it. And people will push back and say, hey, uh, but if, if I, I, I'm not a Christian, I can still do some good things. How does that mean I'm a slave to sin? And just like the nation of Israel I'm thinking about them for 400 years in captivity under bondage to Pharaoh. And I'm sure at some point in their lives or in their day and in their routine, I'm sure they were able to do some things that free people were able to do. Like maybe enjoy a decent meal on occasion. Maybe gather together with friends and laugh and joke and maybe play some games or like they, they had moments i'm sure in their 400 years where they did something that a free person would do although they were doing something a free person would do that didn't change their position of captivity yeah. okay so i acted free for a moment and that's fine that's good but you're still a slave And so apart from Christ, this is our position. You you might be able to do some good things, but but without Christ, you are a slave to sin. That's your only option. That is your state apart from him, a captive to sin. But like Moses came to free them from Pharaoh, Jesus came to free us from sin. This is the good news of the gospel. The, The people of Israel didn't show up and call out to Moses. No, no, no. Moses showed up and called out for them. Like Moses initiated and came for them, Jesus initiates and comes for us. Like Moses came to free his people, Jesus has come to free us. Yeah. This is all over the scripture. There's a few that I want to give you that talk about freedom because of Jesus. Acts chapter 13 says this, Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set what? Free. Free. Everyone who believes in him is set free from every sin, a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. Here's another one in Luke chapter number four. This is Jesus. He's reading an Old Testament scripture from the book of Isaiah, which was a prophecy thousands of years before about Jesus. And Jesus is now reading it from a thousand years before and declaring it about himself. He's saying, hey, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim what? Freedom for the prisoners and the oppressed and to set the oppressed free. Jesus declares, hey, I'm coming. My, my work on the cross, my work on your behalf is coming to set a prisoner free. I'm coming to change you from a status of bondage to a status of freedom. I'm coming to bring you out of bondage. And I firmly believe with all my heart that Jesus is still in the business of setting people free. I believe with all my heart that Jesus can set people free. There's a lot of you this morning, maybe you're living in bondage and maybe you've tried to free yourself and and you've gone to what the world has to say on how to get free. And I'm crazy enough to believe in the power that we sang about, the power and the presence of God, that Jesus can set the captive free, that Jesus still breaks chains. That Jesus still does things and sets us free that no man can do. That we cannot do for ourselves. That Jesus can deliver us out of bondage. He can set us free. But here's what I see from the scriptures from the people of God and even from myself and in the people's lives around me. And it's, it's interesting, but I think we tend to like bondage. Like, in theory, in church, you're like, oh, you want to be free or do you want to be in bondage? Well, we want freedom. But, but practically, though, practically, I think a lot of us like bondage. Yeah. God's people liked bondage, actually. Like, God set them free. They saw signs. They saw wonders. They crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. They, they get on the other side of it. And as soon as something goes wrong, they were wishing they were back in slavery. Like at the first hint of inconvenience, at, at the first hint of trouble, they were like, man, it was, it was better in Egypt. Can, can we go back to Egypt? And here's the thing, it wasn't better in Egypt, they were just more comfortable in slavery than they were in freedom. Yeah. They, they had been there so long, what they did was they normalized bondage. They were so familiar with captivity that it became comfortable. I think if some of us are honest, we've familiarized ourselves and made ourselves comfortable with bondage. Like at the first. Hint of God doing something when God does something in your life and He sets you free and you're walking in freedom, at the first hint of resistance we we go back to bondage. Why? Because that's more familiar and that's where I was and that was that that was comfortable. We we tend to like tend to like bondage. There's a lot of us that are living in bondage just because we've familiarized ourselves with it. And I want you to know Jesus didn't just come, He didn't come for you to live in bondage, He came so you could live in freedom. Jesus didn't come to just set you free, but he came to help you live in freedom yeah. and, and walk out freedom. I'd like to encourage some of you don't settle in Egypt. Don't, don't get comfortable in captivity. Yeah. Don't get comfortable in bondage. I, I, I know it's the pattern of thinking and the pattern of, the pattern of living that you've been in for years, but I'm encouraging you don't settle in captivity. Don't settle for anything less than freedom in Christ. Don't get comfortable in Egypt because like Moses, Jesus came to deliver us out of bondage. I think why we do this is pretty simple though. I think why we get comfortable in captivity is we only get half the picture. So we hear that God wants to, he wants to deliver you out of bondage. Okay, so like you hear, maybe the patterns of sin you've been living in or the life that you've lived before Christ, all you hear is God wants to bring you out of that. God wants to bring you out of that. That was bad, this is good. God wants to get you out of that. Get out of the bad, get out of the bad, out of the old, out of the old. And, and that's part of it, but that's only half the equation. God does wanna bring you out of captivity. God does wanna bring you out of the bondage of sin. But here's the second thing that we see from the story of Exodus and Moses that I wanna talk about this morning is like Moses, Jesus leads us into freedom. Okay, this is important. Like Moses, Jesus doesn't just lead us out of bondage, but he leads us into freedom. God doesn't just wanna bring you out of something, he wants to bring you into something. Yeah, that's right. It's not just out of bondage, it's into freedom. It's not just out of Egypt. It's into a promised land flowing with milk and honey. It's not just out of sin, it's into freedom. It's not just out of sorrow, but into joy. It's not just out of isolation, but it's into fellowship with him. God doesn't just want to bring you out of the old, what he wants to bring you into the new. So my mindset is not just, oh, got to get out of Egypt, got to get out of Egypt. But no, God's brought me out of Egypt. Now my eyes are set on the new place God is taking me. So I'm not living life looking in the rearview mirror, but but it's in the windshield because I'm not just coming out of something, but I'm going into something better. It's not out of something bad, it's into something better. God is bringing us into freedom. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, I love this scripture. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if you put your faith in Christ, if you're a follower of Jesus, here's what's true about your life. The new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. I love how the Apostle Paul in this scripture includes both sides. He doesn't just say the old is gone, although it's very true. Your old way of thinking, your sin nature is gone. Your old desires of your heart are gone. Your old way of thinking is gone. Your old way of living is gone. Your old way of of talking is gone. But it's not just the old is gone, but it's been replaced with something new. It's not just away from the old, but it's into the new. The old is gone, and the new is here. The old is gone, and I'm going into something better. There's a lot of us that know that Jesus can set us free, and we know Jesus offers freedom, and we know that we were a slave to sin, but now we don't have to be anymore because of Jesus But if I'm honest, in my own life, and I think a lot of our lives, we we know there's freedom in Christ, but we don't always feel freedom in Christ. We don't always live freedom in Christ. And this was happening thousands of years ago with the people of Israel. Because the people of Israel were set free, but they didn't live free. They were set free, but they didn't think free. They had got out of Egypt, but Egypt hadn't got out of them okay? And I think this is true of our lives. We've been set free, but we don't live free. I was thinking about this. I'm gonna ask you, can you hand me this bat real quick? So as a kid, I played baseball. And uh, and, like when I say a kid, I mean a kid. Like I was done in high school because it wasn't that serious, right? Like I was done. And so, but like Little League, t-ball, coach pitch, you Know the whole deal, and and like you know, like we played in leagues and stuff, but we didn't just play in leagues, like we played in the front yard. Come on, anybody play in the front yard? Come on, somebody. This was like this was good times in my childhood. We would get the phone bats and stuff, and the phone balls, we played in the front yard, we'd play in the backyard, we'd play in our neighbor's yard, we all over the place. We'd go to the bus loops at school, we would just play. So we just grew up just playing baseball, and I can't tell you how many thousands of times. Thousands of times, I just swung the bat just like this as a kid because I played baseball. Some of y'all are freaking out. You're like, he's going to hit the TV. he going to hit the TV. Just <laughs> swinging the bat, right? Swinging the bat. And... Um So that's what I did growing up all the time, just swinging the bat, playing baseball. And then when I stopped playing baseball, because again, it it wasn't that serious for me, I was done and and, uh, so I, you know, but I still love sports. So I started picking up a few other sports and there was a sport that I occasionally picked up uh, then and I try to now, but but I'm not that good. And it's golf, okay, it's golf. So can you hand me my driver, please? So golf, my philosophy when I play golf is uh, you always have to dress real nice because if you can't play good, you at least gotta look good, come on somebody. So then I started playing golf. And when I first started going like to the driving range and stuff and started swinging, like my grandpa, he plays a lot of times, so he would help me with my swing. And, you know, I would watch YouTube videos and trying to figure out my swing. And I heard this from a lot of people, and I, and I saw it become true. They, they all said the same thing. They said baseball players are the worst golfers. They're the worst. And here's why. Because I'd grown up my whole life swinging a baseball bat like this and so then when it was time to play golf, and the motion is somewhat similar, but the mechanics of how you're supposed to swing a golf club are so different. But as a baseball player, the only swing I had done thousands of times for years and years and years was a baseball swing. And so when I would go to swing the golf club, my... my, 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 my memory of my muscles would would just go to the baseball swing. And so I'd be on the driving range like a hacking joker, just swinging all over the place, slicing balls like a boomerang, right? Like I'm just sitting, it's, it's it's because I played baseball. I had muscle memory of a baseball swing and it was different. And here's where I'm going with this. If I'm on a golf course with my golf clothes, with my golf hat, with my golf tees and my golf balls and my golf clubs, do you know what I am? I am a golf positionally I'm a golfer positionally I'm a golfer why because I'm on a golf course with golf clubs and golf clothes and golf balls so positionally I'm golfing I'm a golfer but practically I'm a baseball player because although I'm wearing the golf clothes and I'm though I'm on the golf course Everything I've ever done, everything tells me to do this, not this. Look, here's, here's where God's people were. They were positionally free. Yeah. They were practically enslaved. Yeah. Why? Because that's where they've been their whole life. That's the way they thought. That's the way they talked. That's the way they lived. That's the way. Look, positional freedom comes in a moment. Right? God set them free. They crossed the Red Sea. How many this to you? God crossed the Red Sea. God has set them free. Positionally, they were free in a moment. And look, this is true of me and you. Positionally, you can be made righteous before God in a moment. Why? Because you don't, you don't have to do anything to earn your salvation. It's putting your faith in Christ. Putting your faith in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Positionally, in a moment, if you cry out to God in faith, confessing your sin and asking God to save you, positionally, you're righteous. Positionally, you're free. Positionally, you are no longer a slave to sin, but you are free. But practically, well, you've still got some areas you're probably in bondage you've thought like you're in bondage your whole life and your family's interacted like they've been in bondage their whole life and you've done relationships in bondage your whole life and you've handled your money like bondage your whole life and you've the list goes on and on it practically you might live in bondage even though positionally you've been set free so then it becomes I don't just have to get out of egypt because if you put faith in jesus you're out of egypt but it's how do i get egypt out of me how do i get egypt out of me and listen that doesn't happen in a moment i think a lot of us have 20 years of unhealthy thinking patterns and we want god to solve them in 20 minutes and look god can do it i've seen god do it god can do anything but sometimes god takes us on a process And on a journey and look this is why the church body is so important this is why the local church this is why what we're doing here is vital because you can get set free positionally in a moment but for you to walk out freedom and get egypt out of you that's going to take some help it's going to take some patience it's going to take some encouragement It's going to take some other people going in the same direction. That's why we planted this church to create a community of people that can not only be set free but but get Egypt out of us. That's why we have our Next Steps class the first three Sundays of every month right after church because we wanna get to know you. We we want you to discover your gifts and we want you to plug into the life of the church not just to complete a role that the church needs on a weekend but to get you some people around you that are gonna help get Egypt out of you to get some people in your life that know your story and know what your week looks like and can text you and call you and pray for you and be on the journey of getting Egypt out of you. That's why what we do is so important. That's why you can't just come on a Sunday and be, expect to set free by 75 minutes a week. Yeah, that's, right. that's why we gotta go on a journey to get Egypt out of us. Just like Moses, Jesus leads us into freedom. He leads us into freedom. And for some of you, God set you free, and you're free positionally, but it's time practically to begin to walk in freedom. It's time practically to begin to look at your life. This this was the nation of Israel. They thought like captives. They had victim mentality. They had they had an orphan mentality. Anytime something bad happened to them, they, they had orph- an orphan mindset that there's no God that cares about me, that there's no one that's looking out for me. They they had to get a new mindset. God set them free and it needed to change their mind to say, no, 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 I'm your heavenly father and I'm with you and I'm gonna take care of you and I'm walking alongside of you. It, it took them time in and time out and season in and season out and mistake after mistake after mistake to get Egypt out of them. And this is the journey that we wanna go on with you. This This is the journey we're all on to begin to walk in freedom and just like Moses walked with the people of Israel Jesus walks with us into freedom just like God was gracious to Israel when they messed up and came back to him and messed up and came back to him and messed up and came back to him God is gracious with us if you're ever feeling bad about yourself read through the New Testament and look through the story of the people of God because they mess up and come back to God and mess up and come back to God and on repeat for days and years Come on, that will encourage somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Just like God walked with them, God wants to walk with us. Yeah. Moses is a picture of not only us coming out of bondage, but of God bringing us into something. God wants you to live a life of freedom. He doesn't want you to have a moment of freedom. He wants you to have a life of freedom. He wants you to have a heart of freedom, a <clears throat> mindset of freedom. Because this is what Jesus came to do amen number three is this number three is this like moses crushed pharaoh at the red sea jesus crushed satan at the cross come on i'm really excited about this one like moses crushed pharaoh at the red sea jesus crushed satan at the cross at the red sea when pharaoh was defeated listen pharaoh was rendered powerless he was killed He was done. Totally ineffective, totally wiped out, totally defeated, battle over, sign sealed, delivered, take it to the bank, Pharaoh is done. The people of Israel did not cross the Red Sea after Pharaoh got wiped out, and then for years and years, look over their shoulder, wondering if Pharaoh had made a resurrection because he had scuba gear. Done. Battle Over. Just like Moses defeated Pharaoh at the Red Sea, Jesus defeated the enemy on the cross. Battle over, enemy defeated, sin conquered, death defeated. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, I love this so much. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. Come on, thanks be to God, because he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Where's where's your victory, death? Where's your sting, death? The answer is gone. It's gone. Because of what Jesus did on the cross because he died and he rose again because of the shedding of his blood there is forgiveness of sins battle over and here's what I want to encourage you in is you don't need to try to win a battle that Jesus already won you don't need to try to claim a victory that's already been claimed by Jesus We don't walk through our faith fighting for victory. No, no, no. We fight from victory that Jesus already won. Thanks be to God because he gives us the victory. The victory has been won. We fight from a posture of winning. It's already been done. This is good news. This will change the way you live. You say, Nate, this this is great. How does this affect my Monday? This affects every part of your Monday. You, you, don't have to, you don't have to live to win the war. You, 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 you live from a winning team. You, you, have, you have the God of heaven, the victorious Jesus on your side, in your life, in your heart, guiding you. His word instructing you. You get to live from victory. It changes every part of your life. I don't need to win a battle. Jesus has already won the battle. He's already won the battle. Look, don't give the enemy power that he does not have. This is the danger for me and you that will give a defeated enemy power in our lives. Will give a defeated enemy power in our lives. I was thinking about this and I saw, you hold on a second, I saw this video on Facebook of this girl that was really upset at some stuff going on in her neighborhood. Particularly there were cars speeding down her neighborhood street. Just speeding, zooming, flying through, her neighborhood right in front of her house there's kids running around all this kinds of stuff so this infuriated her so she's decided to do something about it so she puts yard signs in there you know slow down slow down all this kind of stuff nobody listened zoom 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 she goes out there herself you know yelling at them waving at them with less than five fingers <laughs> none of y'all do that and um she's all mad and upset doing everything she can and uh finally this woman gets an idea she gets an idea and this video is her with her idea and I love it, you, can you hand me this? She goes upstairs in her house. She gets a hair dryer out of her bathroom. She goes outside with her hair dryer, the cord just dangling along. She goes and sits in the ditch right at the road and when the cars start to zoom by, she points the hair dryer at him. And the the whole video, you you can Google this, I promise. The whole video is her sitting in a chair in her ditch pointing a unplugged hairdryer at people zooming down the road. And here's what's crazy. Every single car that's zooming by slams on the brakes. I'm sitting here thinking about this, and I'm like, okay. There were people whose travel was altered by an unplugged hairdryer. There were people that day who changed the speed of their vehicle. They altered the arrival time to their destination because of an unplugged hairdryer. Something that was so powerless slowed them down. And look, here's, here's the power of the enemy in our life. Because according to the scriptures, death's sting is gone. Death's victory, gone. So, so the enemy has no power. The enemy has no victory. And, and so the enemy will use things that have no power to slow us down and to get us off track. And I don't want my life and your life and my faith to be slowed down and unplugged air dryer by a powerless enemy. But look, just like Jesus or just like Moses defeated Pharaoh at the Red Sea, Jesus defeated the enemy at the cross. And we've got the victory. We get to live from victory. And we can't let a defeated enemy slow us down. Because God's calling us to something. God's got a call in your life. God's got a call in my life. God's doing something in this church. And I don't want to be a church and I don't want to be a people that are slowed down by a defeated enemy. Moses set them free and Jesus has set us free and we want to live in the freedom Jesus brings. Amen. If you bow your head with me this morning, I want you to just take a moment and we're going to reflect on God's word. And then I want to pray for you. You may have came in here today and maybe you know Christ and you're positionally free but you're practically bound today. I wanna pray for you that God would help you to walk in freedom. Maybe you're in here today and you haven't given your heart to Jesus and you've you've been living, you're you're in bondage to sin, you're a slave to sin and you cannot save yourself and you realize today that you cannot be the forgiver of your own sins and you cannot be the leader of your own life and today for the first time you wanna ask Jesus to do that for you. If that's you, you're here in this room today and you say, Nate, I, I need to give my life to Jesus today. I need freedom from sin that I cannot offer, but I know that Jesus offered on the cross. I'd love to pray for you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to slip up your hands, say, Nate, that's me today, so I can see Thank you, anybody else? Thank you, amen, thank you, thank you, amen. I wanna lead us in a prayer, particularly for those of you that have said yes to Jesus today. And look, I want you to hear me. This prayer is not special. This prayer does not save you. These words are not magical. What saves you is the posture of your heart, crying out to God, confessing your sin and asking for him to save you. If that, was, if that was you this morning, I want you to pray this with me in your heart. I want you to say, dear God, thank you for sending your son Jesus. I believe he's the son of God, that he came and lived the perfect life I couldn't live and died the death I deserve to die. Today I confess my sin to you and ask you to forgive me of my sin. I ask you to be the Lord and the leader of my life. And I commit to following you from this day forward in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I want to pray for everyone else here in the room today, God. And I thank you for the example of Moses that you've given us. Lord, and for the person of Jesus. God, I pray that we would be a people and that we would be a church that lives in freedom. Lord, I pray that we would not Just be set free in a moment. But Lord, would you help us to walk in freedom every day? Lord, I pray that you would surround my brothers and sisters here, Lord, with the help and encouragement that they need. Lord, I pray they would find that here in this church. God, I pray that they would connect to purpose here and connect to family here and connect to community here. God, as we walk out freedom. Lord, we don't wanna live bound, but we wanna live free. We wanna live free. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Hey, can you put your hands together for God and His Word today? Amen. 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 Well, thanks again for tuning in to today's message. For more content like this, you can subscribe to our podcast channel. If it encouraged you, we'd even ask that you review it and that you share it with friends. That would be so helpful to us. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.